and then I come up and I'm trying to hug you and you're like, we're not family yet. We're still in the friend zone, Austin. I, I definitely did call you peasant. I did remember that. I was like, get away from me, you greasy peasant. It's like the sound of some Petersburg bells banging in my head. Night train rattle shaking rumble through the cabin bunk bay. Hey, hey, hey. The segment says something about the superstatic travel tension that we gave. My magic woman met this woman while the wheels squeal. Then the tracks stay gripped and stay. I'm joined by Kim. <laughs> we almost did it. We almost did it. Oh, well. I'm joined this week by Austin Carr. Not just comedian, not just friend, but family member. There we go, Spencer. Up to family. Holler. I almost did that right the first time. See, Austin, you should be proud of yourself because I, you were uh, met with a difficult task. At least it seemed difficult, but really, because of you, it was very easy. But you were met with that task, Austin. You kicked it out. You you kicked it out of the park. You threw something out of the park. I don't know what sport. I don't know <laughs> We're what ball. Sports references, family, friends, discounts. That's a three point touchdown, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> touchdown from deep. Uh, man, <laughs> no. you really know. You really know it is a white boy summer when I hear you yell "holla." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that one hit my. You know, it's bad though. Also, when like your your top five, no, your top five emojis are like the hands thing, and it's not <laughs> yeah. for like pass me the ball. It's not pass me the rock. Like well, it's it raising be. the roof. It's raising the roof exactly. I'm bringing back like what 1990s <laughs> slang. Okay, this shit is fat. Uh, this shit is fat with this a ph. Damn straight. Oh, that's beautiful. Awesome. How you doing, Spencer? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week, sir. I appreciate you. Dude, this... thank you for having me. We had to go through Hell a couple yeah. of rain checks, but we made it happen. We Dude. always do. Oh yeah, rainy days ain't mean shit. Okay. All that means is a slip and slide, baby. We're still yeah, yeah. It sounds. Uh, what kind of sex <laughs> thing you think slip and slide would be, or is it already? I like a thing? we're going there right away. If we're going there right away. <laughs> Tangents, baby. I think, I think strawberry lube to hide any blood. Okay. That's dark. We're going there right and away. I, I like. I'm it. not saying. I'm I not like saying it. sexual blood. I'm saying because slip and slides are dangerous. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they maim me. children. They'll I've, take your nipples right off. They. Oh. Did you ever encounter somebody who didn't properly uh, hose down or wet down the slip and slide? Spencer, I was that kid. I went you to fat fucking camp. piece of shit, man. We had slip man. and slides at fat camp. We would, we would get a, a – I, I can't even say a running start. It was a waddling start. <laughs> a rolling start. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then you'd make it like two inches, and the whole thing would just kind of like scrunch up, and you just wake up and rub your chest and – Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for talking shit to you. I thought you were one of the people who didn't wet it down. Austin, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize we were even more kindred spirits and that we <laughs> two men, zero nipples. Exactly. They've yeah. been burned off and we still bear the scars. We still bear those scars. The scars remind us. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It says how we know that we're one together. It's all, it, that's our avatar link. They had the little hair things and they put their little heads on each other. Is that also how they exactly. fuck too? It, well, we don't need to get into that. I mean, that I, I, to... this isn't like Rule Thirty Four stuff or whatever. That is it, Rule Thirty Four, like where it's like it's, I, I know, ex I know what you know. What I'm talking about. about. Any, yeah, yeah. Anything hey. on the internet, there's a porn version of it. Yeah, if you're listening right now, just Google your favorite whatever it is. And rule 34, you're going to have a good day. You're going to have a great day. 
yeah, say goodbye to your childhood and say hello to adulthood. Oh my All God, right, Lois Griffin! What? Doorway. Oh my God! Right. <laughs> walk through that beaded doorway in the back and just let your imagination run wild. Oh boy, that that that's how you know that you've finally become an adult when you've just accidentally stumbled upon that pop up. Like, well, at least that was happened to me. Like, oh my God, they 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 make this porn. But, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good old. cover story, Spencer. <laughs> That's a good cover story. I'm not going to lie, dude. Accidental pop-up. It's plausible. Pop it's plausible. Up. Oh, no, Mom. I have no <laughs> idea how this donkey show came on my computer. I was just uh, scouring the internet. 48 gigabytes of downloads. That's a, a pop-up does that. Man, I right. I ruined my computer with <laughs> LimeWire, dude. There was so much oh LimeWire. Oh, my God. Anyone I listening out there? That. That, yeah. Anyone out there who doesn't know what LimeWire is, you're – I guess you're young, and that makes me feel old. But Dude, it was basically LimeWire. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead. No, Tell no, no, them what no. it is. Okay, it was the the worst torrent downloading site ever. To where it was just mislabeled shit. You just have to trust whoever it was uploading it. Like, oh, yeah. this is this is that song that I like. This is Chop Suey by System of a Down. <laughs> yeah. And then you download it, and then it's not even .mp3. It's just like .zip file, and you because you're dumbass thirteen year old, you open it and you're <laughs> literally that happened to me. And I open, I forgot what it was. I downloaded it, opened it, and my entire monitor just like everything went like a tinge of yellow for the rest of that computer's life. I have no idea horse. what happened. That's how they. That's how they started the whole. I remember. I remember my grandparents terrified of Trojan horse viruses and thinking that that was going to be like a big thing. Yep uh fucking limewire okay so what i was gonna say is limewire was the shit because it was like the previous evolution of youtube music where they have mm-hmm. like all the sick mashups and and uh different like uh remixes of songs because mm-hmm. like on limewire you could download a song with like lincoln okay this is again aging me but like lincoln park corn and like disturbed you're like what the fuck when did they collab right and it's just like some guy mixed up three of their songs and they kind of match. But you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to listen to this for the next three months of my life because that's all I have on my MP3 player. Oh, man. <laughs> there are so many like littered CDs around. I don't know what, they're probably in the garbage now, but like all those, I can't imagine how many CDs I just wasted of burning onto some bullshit from I got from LimeWire. I, thank God you can't put a CD or can you put, can you put viruses on a CD? I'm sure you could. Probably. Fuck. That, what I like a a quick revolving door of technology that the CD experienced. It was like from the height of, of technology to like the lowest low of irrelevancy ever. Right. As soon as iTunes came around, they were like, fuck a CD. Yeah, it certainly happened. At least for me, it seemed like it was pretty quick. I don't know how long CDs were out, but it certainly seemed like it was just gone in there or here. They and had like gone an eight year window. It did. That eight year. And I, I was shitting my pants naturally part of that time so I, I didn't really get to experience most of it i mean you're 13 12 th- those years are crazy i remember everyone used to have cd books in their car i, I had to help my oh, dad move man. and he had like boxes and boxes and boxes of cds mm-hmm. and i was like what are you gonna do with these dude <laughs> i guess you'll digitize them maybe that's what you tell yourself though you know how there's so many photo albums and i know it's just different photos can have different memories but there's so many photo albums at my parents house that like oh i'm gonna put these on digitized or up scan them it never happens mm-hmm. and then yeah, no you're not yeah or the vhs there's they have i mean one of the places where you put like plates and stuff and like nice <coughs> like I, it's like one of the cupboards is just full of i don't know uh <laughs> 
VHS tapes that haven't been used in maybe one, two decades. Like they're yeah. just sitting and there. And never will. And they'll never be used. And I, Which I sucks. would, mm-hmm. I would, I, it does suck. It does really suck. Cause I mean, there's probably some, some gold in there, but God, I was going through this. There's a lot of shit in there. And I mean, yeah, dog shit, bad stuff. Yeah. VHS era wasn't exactly the, the golden age of cinema. Um, however, I did, when I was helping my dad move, I did find my old VHS uh, copy of the first Pokemon movie. And I was oh. like, that's pretty rad. That's got to go for some, uh, some eBay bucks. Look yeah. at us, little capitalists. Hell like, yeah. Like, fuck my, fuck my nostalgia. How can I get some bank? Dude, hell yeah. The first, when I remember, like, when I'm, um, you could easily sell shit on Amazon as, like, a, a third party, just like you or me, not like an actual company yeah. selling. Um, I would just, I would go through my parents' uh, closet and stuff and search for stuff that I could just hawk on Amazon or eBay or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's the like worst. a little thrift operation mm-hmm. you could have flipping clothes. Oh yeah, dude. The worst though is when your parents would just lie to you and say, "Oh, this is worth so much money." Uh, I remember it was like a Darth Vader bubble bath. My mom was telling me like, "Oh, this is worth so much money, bro." And it was like wrapped still, so of course she's like, "That must that's like a hundred times more original worth. packaging." Yeah, <laughs> like like it was just it was just like shitty plastic wrap. It wasn't like a box or anything. It was just wrapping around. Like I was that you call it like original packaging. I could just put it in a bag and just. It was, and of course you you go online and it's like seven dollars, and that's why I started hitting my mom. And I mean that's this is like, mom. You told me that George Lucas used these Darth Vader baths. You dude, told right? me that, mom. Right? Dude, my mom used to date a guy who used to work for what do you call ILM? Who did speaking oh, of shit. Star Wars? She used to he did like I don't know what part of the animation process, but um, remember that Sebulba dude. From like the first, yeah. okay. You seem like a you're a Star Wars guy. Rough, I mean, enough of one. I, yeah, I, I grew up in that generation. Okay. Phantom Menace came out when I was yeah. like Anakin's age. Hell yeah, dude. Same here. So what, yeah, ninety nine, right? Yeah, I was ninety three. This episode is brought to you by nostalgia. The nineties, the nineties, and nostalgia. <laughs> oh, rocket power, bro. Oh god, this is. I can just. I can hear. I can hear, I won't say thousands, millions of podcast players being turned off mm-hmm. right now. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like it's called tangents. What do you want? Yeah, right? for real, We're right? Spinning. Hey, yeah. For those 25 people that are like constantly listening to this, I'm sorry. But this is all nostalgia. This is nostalgia We're, Sunday. This is the 90s episode. The 90s episode. 90s are over, dude. Let's, 90s let's are do over. the 2000s let's, episode. This, this, yeah, for real. <laughs> let's do the 2000s episode. Seriously. That's that's how you want to feel old is they do a like a documentary about a decade thing that happened a decade ago. <laughs> a decade at a time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. I want to talk you've been Absolutely. doing some you've been doing some really cool shit, Austin. I'm I've been I've been trying. I'm super proud of you. Like I I it might not mean much, but dude, I it means a lot. What are you talking about, dude? Well Thank no, you. no, but just in general. Like I know that because I'm only saying this because I'm learning, I'm trying to learn not to I'm trying to learn how to like, you know, be proud in my own comedy. Like I did this for me and not because another comic says I did well. Yeah. Anyway, but my point is, I'm super proud of you, dude. You've been doing some really cool shit. You just you just you just uh co-produced like your inaugural comedy festival, Comedy on the Bay, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. Just did little, your uh, little boat fest. Hell yeah. We'll get into that in a second. I just want to list all the shit off the top because people know <laughs> they got we got a real fucking comedian on here, not just some mentally unstable open micer in his living room, okay? Okay? This is shit's different, people, okay? 
Uh, I'm, I'm slowly going to Stephen Brody Stevens. Okay, <laughs> stay with me. Energy, Spencer. Keep it together. Uh, anyway, um, I was just talking about him last episode. Anyway, so, and you actually did your first fucking headlining tour, man. That's some super cool shit. And I that, believe that was rad. Yeah. Oh my god, right? I. Uh, let's start with that dude like how how was that man like because you, you've been doing comedy how long now uh this is my fourth year nice four years uh my lucky number mm-hmm. so i feel like i had to i had to hit it strong this year i mean my plan 2020 new year's 2020 i quit uh being a door guy and a manager at Cobb's comedy club and i was like i'm going stand up full-time um i still had like my dumb day job but i quit that in the pandemic too well then obviously yeah the pandemic hit so then i was like okay it's not going to quite be the gas pedal year i was expecting but yeah oddly enough i still kind of like you know when it was safe to i found ways to go and get stage time and i started this uh the show on a boat as like a, a pandemic workaround you know because we were looking for outdoor venues and they had a top deck so it, it just kind of worked and then once things reopened um i was lucky enough to tag on uh ali mikofsky's first headlining tour mm-hmm. out to texas um she's the one that's coming to Cobbs tonight nice or if she if the flight goes through we'll see but yeah <laughs> um but yeah i was lucky enough to go on that trip with her and then that just kind of like i don't know it it felt so good to go out and like be around crowds of people that have no idea who i am and just like objectively go in and kind of like do my thing and um yeah, I don't know. It was just an interesting, fun test and experience. And I was like, I want to get on the road more. I'm going to start putting myself out there more, reaching out to bookers. And mm-hmm. really, like, the the crux of it is getting a long clip. And mm-hmm. um, I was one of those guys I hate videotaping my shit just because I yeah. hate watching myself. Yep. It's so cringy, but you have to. Um, so I, I finally wrangled together a long enough clip. I sent it to this guy in Arizona, uh, Dave Specht, who runs Improv Mania. And... Um, he was like, yeah, come out and do a weekend. And I only had to do 30 minutes, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little easy first headlining weekend. And uh, yeah, it, it was great, dude. I had uh, we did like awesome, a week out man. in Arizona. I brought my buddy Quinn, uh, who's been helping me get my podcast going. And uh, he was going to come film everything. And um, yeah, we went around uh, all sorts of places and just like, you know, getting to see a new place. I'd never been to Arizona and it's, you know, it's just Arizona, but <laughs> it was still fun. No, dude, I mean, I, I've never even been to Arizona, man. It's still a new place. It's fucking dope. Yeah. You, you get to go so do we it just, like comedy, man. It's great. Proud yeah. Of we were just you, running around being hot and sweaty and <laughs> for <laughs> real. Got to go Jesus ahead. Christ. Dude, it was like record heat too. It was like 117. Oof. or not record for them but at least record for me that's, that was definitely a record for me <laughs> that's, a, that's a pt for me a per or a personal record or whatever you call it, pr pt i definitely needed some personal therapy after that Dude, um, for real but yeah that was really, oh and then randomly while i was there um we popped in another club there called the house of comedy mm-hmm. and um i had gone to an open mic or two open mics the night before just to like meet some local comics and see what the scene's all about and this dude um, saw me there and then was one of the door guys at this club and told his manager, he's like, hey, this guy's really funny. You should give him a guest spot. And so I got to do uh, a five-minute guest spot with Miss Pat, yeah. which was random and cool. But she's fucking hilarious. She murdered and was really sweet and nice and gave me some good advice. And then, yeah, the next, line, next night I got to go headline. 
She's so fucking funny, man. Oh my god, Miss Pat's amazing. I love Miss Pat. She's great. She's just fucking rad. And like, I love those people that like, you know, have such a an interesting life story and what could be like some objectively negative things happening in their life, but they find a way to make it positive. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just wanting to bring more positivity into the world despite the negativity that they themselves you know experience that shit like inspires me you know yeah man like i just read rabbit dude that yeah yeah man she some that's some heinous shit but yeah thank god she came out this this way yeah exactly she's written and she is like i mean she's faced like i don't know how many but like so many kids she's taken in like she's just yeah, she's a good. She's a good person. I don't even know her. I feel like she's a good, good person. Soul. She's a good soul. There you go. Hey, yeah. Miss Pat, if you're listening, you're not. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. From Shout us. out. Just like, ah, there's no one in Indiana listening. I won't pretend. Dude, you you never know. This is yeah. gonna seep out and thread itself into the universe. Oh, I just not you yet. Never know. I mean, no. Eventually, you know, these 25 will become 25 million. I understand these things. I'll become. Oh yeah. Because that's how you should approach comedy. As I've learned in my, you know. I, I don't know. Do you in five years are you gonna like still put an asterisk on like the how long you've been doing comedy for the because there was like a year ish? Like how long is it to where you don't have to do the uh disclaimer of well if you don't count X amount of time? Yeah. See, that's why I, I hate that question. I hate it for a lot of reasons, but like the main one is uh People ask that to put you in a box and to like, you know, uh, contextualize your conversation going mm-hmm. forward based Ooh. on like how much value, perceived value you have, how important you are to me, um, how important you are to comedy, the scene, how much perceived uh, skill and talent you have. And so it really is just like, I don't know. The question should be, are you a comedian? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you like a working comedian? Yeah. And then it doesn't matter about time. You can tell people that it takes 10 years to find your voice. But if you once you put that out there, then everyone is like giving you a grade based on how close you are to that 10 years. And if you're anywhere sub 10, you know, it goes from B to C to D to F. Um, You know, if you're like if you say to somebody you're two years in, they're going to give you an F or a D. They're like, okay, buddy, you know, good luck with your hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And even when you get to like, you know, four years or I see some people even getting shy about saying they've been doing it for seven, eight, nine years. Um, I don't know. It just is a weird kind of dividing line in the sand that starts in that conversation with that question. And then it doesn't take into account like people that take breaks um, Mm -hmm. or like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, all the little asterisks where they're like, Oh, well I was doing it for 12 years, but I was really only serious for this last year. And it's like, well then don't say 12 years. You've been doing it seriously for one year. Yeah. Uh, But again, like, yeah, I don't know. It just is one of those, Everyone's trying to place themselves in the, the ladder and the hierarchy and all that and put a, a number next to their name. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's just, but, I mean, that's the little unnoticed in comedy. Like, that is just, that happens all the time. And I'm not saying, like, I've just noticed that. Like, that's the putting in the box yeah. thing. And I, I kind of noticed, yeah. you're right. Like, that's a good, that's a good point. Like, I don't, I think when I asked the question, and I'm not saying that you meant it like that, but I think when I asked the question, it's like, it's exciting to hear of, cause I mean, I'm a baby comedian. And when I hear someone who's been doing comedy again, I understand the, the, within the context of what you just said, but it's almost like, Ooh, I could do that too. Eventually. Like it's absolutely, well, yeah. it does give that like little line of progression and a little bit of hope where you're like, okay, well, if I'm here and that person's there, I could perceivably get there, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it does. It's like a trail of breadcrumbs in that way. And mm-hmm. it is, 
it does have positive merit to it. Like, obviously, you should keep track of how long you've been doing anything. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I, I do catch people being um, selective and uh, occasionally dismissive based on, um, you know, in my personal experience, but mm -hmm. also watching other other people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like try to communicate with other comics or, or network or whatever. And then it's always like the first or second question out of anyone's mouth is like, what's your name and how long you've been doing comedy? And then it's just immediately yeah. they, they like have an idea of what box you're going to go into from mm -hmm. there, how they have to treat you or how they, how they can view you. It'd be so much greater if you could get that question after you've done your set. Cause then you could be like, hi, this is me. You, you present yourself, your material and who you are on stage. And then afterwards, you know, you can be like, well, it's either it was that way because I've only been doing it for this long yeah. or it was that way because I've been doing it for this long. Isn't that great? Or, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's just I could, um, I could see at least with myself. I can see that going downhill real quick. Let's say I go, I go <laughs> on stage. I go on stage and then I get off stage and someone's like, hey, how long have you been doing comedy? <laughs> like, oh, <fuck>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, how long you been pushing this fucking rock yeah. up a hill? Right, I get it. Rules of three is great, but come on, man. Yeah, it's just you know one of those annoying. It's that question, and then what I hate obviously is when you tell somebody you're comedian, they're like, "Oh, tell me a joke." Oh, that like, one. Well, okay, fucking... yeah. I yeah, that's ridiculous. You're you're. I'm sorry, but your family is is, is terrible at that. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. Our Believe family. Me, fuck. I know. And then anyone you meet ever, like anywhere. It's almost like uh, now I understand why other comics don't say they're comedians or like mm -hmm. try to avoid it for mm -hmm. as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Because, again, then it contextualizes that. And you're like, OK, well, then make me laugh, funny man. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was leaving a, a Fourth of July party last week and uh, it was me and my other buddy who's also a comic there. And he made the mistake. Well, no, he didn't mention it, but just, you know, with my parents and like I a bunch of other boomer friends. And so, like, we literally had to, like, run out of the fucking party. <laughs> To just because to leave because they were at they were telling come on just do a couple just do a couple minutes of joke like are you fuck oh my god you know like, do you have any idea what I talk about you really want me to ruin this party right now you want me to have your friends and family running for the hills clawing at their ears and eyes oh my god right bring it no it, it, I, I, get, to, I get that I get that though that's that's a real thing what were you gonna say oh I was just gonna say I used to do this thing that made me laugh but never made anyone else laugh when they mm. would. Uh, say uh tell me a joke i'd be like ah, i'm still working on that part <laughs> i like and that I, it made me laugh but it never ever got a laugh from anybody else <laughs> <laughs> now i've been getting a little bit uh more i guess bullish about it and i've mm -hmm. been thinking about they go tell me a joke i go okay guy walks into a bar it's you it's a gay bar you're gay ah i get it <laughs> it's because he's gay <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a joke we can all make in 2021, right? All right, right? Yeah, I mean, I just casual use of the f word. It's great. I would just hey, throw I it around. Go. No, 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 I'm kidding. Like, that's how we. I, I wasn't talking about farts, Spencer. Jeez, yeah, sorry. I... The French. Ah, whatever. They're whatever. not. No, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I, dude, what have you been up to, dude? Tell me a little about what's going on in your life. Actually, yeah, there's some good news. Actually, so I finally got. Um, so there's a local comedy club in Sac called Stab Comedy. They uh, yeah. they're finally opening up, like opening up again, like inside. And so, Wanderlust, uh, uh, the my storytelling comedy show is coming back. Been a year Hell and yeah, a half, dude. bitches, dude. We 
was it February 28th, 2020, we sold out stab and they had to turn away like 20 people. And it's a very small club. So it's not that hard to do that, but Oh my God. That's still it, quite an accomplishment. It, it, feels it felt good, great. Though. It felt great. And it's, it's back, dude. It's coming back. Hell yeah, Dude. First Fridays every month, nine o'clock storytelling shows, st scary stories, travel stories. We're combining two storytelling shows into one. It was like, you know, Drew Epsher, he has a storytelling mm -hmm. show camp. It's like scary stories. And I just started doing the wanderlust <laughs> thing like last year. Uh, it was like travel stories or whatever. So now we're, or whatever. Good plug, Spencer. But now, now we're going <laughs> to combine it. It's just some stupid fucking story about some dumb shit. No, but it was a lot of fun, dude. It was great. We had that show. We had some fucking killers, dude. We had Ellis Rodriguez headlining. We had. He's um, great. He's so fucking funny, dude. He's great. And then we had some some local killers. Uh, Maddie Nishimi, Ethan Albers. Uh, you know Ethan Albers, know right? Ethan. Yeah, yep. you know Ethan. Yep. And then. Uh, Rapture was on it and myself and it was so much fucking fun dude it was great and so i'm really nice, excited dude. it's coming back and uh yeah well congratulations it's great first fridays every month nine o'clock get your ass to stab comedy theater sacramento 17 something broadway dude not to uh tell you what to do or anything but you should get a, a little showcase going at laughs unlimited do you, uh, do you live near there yeah i live near laughs yeah yeah i've I've been wanting to go check it out since um, they're reopened and the renovation and all that. Yeah. Maybe one of these weekends we should go check out the show and you should talk to Jenny about doing a show there too. I'm up down, dude. I'll, I'll definitely talk to her. Yeah. Are you, uh, we should check, uh, I'm going to, I'll email her on the, uh, cause I go to the programs showcases to try and every mm -hmm. other, so like first and third Tuesday. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've just started trying to do the elbow rubbing thing. So absolutely. Yeah. It's important and you know um it's more stage time for you and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would be great to have two shows at two clubs Fuck that's yeah, rad dude hell yeah man i'm i'm ready to work again man it's gonna be great i felt like exactly. i was just i was just starting to hit a groove when before mm -hmm. like the lockdown started and you know of course we all know the biggest tragedy of covid was my budding comedy career but i digress i feel like i was just starting to get going and then you know that happened but i'm excited man i'm good i feel like i'm starting to get back on uh back on the wagon so to speak yeah dude it's you know it was a weird kind of engine putter moment for all of us where we were like just revving mm -hmm. and then we all had to kind of like <clears throat> for a little while yeah but here we are we're back dude and we're back baby the energy's strong dude and, and the crowds are fun people are ready to laugh it's it's been so cool like I don't know. I, I got into comedy more for the, like my like the effect that I perceive it to have on the world. And maybe it's just me romanticizing comedy. But like, you know, I was a sad little boy that wandered into a comedy club meeting mm -hmm. some laughs one day mm -hmm. and it really did help me. Um, and I believe in that. And I like it's been really nice. I've had a couple people thank me, which is like, you know, I I high fives and daps and good sets and shit like that is so fun but like th that means so much when someone's like dude it means the world that we can come out and laugh and like you know how much we all need it and thank you and that's like that just feels like a, a job well done you want to just fucking salute that guy mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I, I get it though man that's that's a good it just feeling. is nice to it's nice to see the world back to being a little bit less um 
under pressure, you know, I mean, you know, shit's still going on and, and there's a lot to be addressed and I'm not going to take us down that route. But what I do want to say is that, you know, I'm sure for your psyche as well as mine, it just means a lot to see people's laughing faces again. For real, dude. I mean, the crowds have just, I mean, just speaking purely on like crowds, they've been so, mm-hmm. they've been so generous or I don't know yeah. how you describe them and that, but like, they'll just laugh. They're ready to laugh, man. It's so great. Yeah. They just walk in I, and they're just, oof, it's great. I would say generous is a good word for it because some people can be stingy with it. And they're like, you know, I, I could be laughing out loud right now, but I'm just going to laugh internally or I'm I'm folding chort- my arms I'm and thinking chortle. about my day. I'm going to chortle. Exactly. I'm snort. <laughs> I see what you did there. I don't want people to have my mask on. Like you're in a fucking comedy club, dude. Who are you trying to impress? Exactly. No, I've been seeing people cut loose and having fun. And yeah, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that everything works out with this show tonight. And uh, I've been trying to fucking my goal since I, you know, since I started at Cobbs and went up through them, I want to fucking pack that room one day. And it's, you know, 440 people. So that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, but I passed out probably 1500 uh, of these little comp tickets that I made uh, and the club said I could pass them out. So in theory, statistically, 440 people could show up tonight. Hell yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But, you're, you, you know, you're going to turn away 500 people tonight, Austin. OK, that, wouldn't that feel awful? I would feel <laughs> so bad if if I had if I had to let in less people, fewer people than I turned away on the street. <laughs> hey, that's when you look at the club owner and you're like, second show, baby. Let's do oh, this. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we're either we're breaking fire codes and going standing room only or we're adding a late show. Man, fuck the fire marshal. He don't know shit. Let him in too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's here. Bring the dog. Bring the dog, right? Just bring everybody. <laughs> bring the fire engine. Just everyone's outside, just hanging out. Just you know what? Just fucking knock the fourth wall down and just bring it out into the street. And then that's like <laughs> everyone's enjoying the show. <laughs> it might not be great uh, the after the show is over, but this is yeah. why I I want to be a comedian, not an architect. Like, I don't I'm not, have to it's deal not my with thing. that. Exactly. I, I'm here for the laughs, okay? I'm not, not for the, the fallout guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Gross. I'm dropping <laughs> the bomb and I'm out of there, okay? <laughs> you can deal with the, the fallout from my comedy later, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 again, uh, going back, I'm super proud of you, man. Um, thank you, Spencer. That means a lot. It's great. I'm, it, I'm pushing. Uh, you're doing really well, man. I, I want to know. So I want to tell me a little bit more about like, because I know it's with comedy, comedy on the bay. I, mm-hmm. I always keep saying in the bay, like comedy on the bay, like, which, by the way, you should totally do a submarine show. But I but let's 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 keep going. Yes. Let's submarines comedy in the yes. bay. Or you could just take over like a, the BART between mm-hmm. Oakland and San Francisco. <laughs> Which maybe you could do middle. that. Just stop it. Press the emergency stop button. It's like, yeah, you ever been on a train and somebody pressed the button? Just now, <laughs> nobody panic. We're just here to tell jokes. Yeah, right. It's like, well, there was three murders today on the BART. <laughs> <laughs> all comedians. All, all comedians. <laughs> if they were all comedians, it wouldn't be reported on. It would just be like, yeah. there was some kerfuffle today on the train, I heard. The train was five minutes late. <laughs> the train. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, dude! If you hear but all like, this, the... oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no. no, no. Go I was ahead. gonna, I was gonna go on a dark tangent. Please go ahead. Uh, I was, I was gonna probably go dark too. I was just riffing on the dead comedians. 
Oh, I was going to riff on like dead people in Japan. Dude, if you hear the train is five minutes late or the train's late in, oh, in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot your. Oh, never mind. I hope I, I forgot. You probably have an idea. That um, is brutal. You are a cultural well, addict. You are a cultural Japanese addict. Japanese suicidal. <laughs> well, no, because you're suicidal <laughs> and you're a because <laughs> you're a suicidal and you're a cultural attaché to all of East Asia. Correct. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I am Which, somewhat of an ambassador. Yeah, I mean, because they have. I mean, for only you to represent, they actually have like an EU of the East. An I'm EE. one of the only people to have diplomatic community where I can bring weed into Asian countries. It's crazy. Like even the yeah. place, like even Indonesia, where they'll straight up kill you if you bring in weed. They're like, "Oh, Austin Carr, bring him right on in, way. man. Right this, right this way. way, sir. Right this way. Right this way." <laughs> what was it? I think it was. Where was it? I think it was Saudi Arabia? Like Lil Wayne wants to do a concert in Saudi Arabia, and he like almost mm. got arrested because you know. Yep. It's fucking Lil Wayne's private jet. There's probably going to be some shit on there. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Like, not even drugs. Just, like, a Christmas tree. Dude, literally, Christmas <laughs> trees are... I worked for a company that had... Like, we had to know about some, like, international tariffs and stuff like that. And so, like, you had to know... We did a lot of business with Saudi Arabia. And they That's had... That's wonderfully vague, Spencer. <laughs> it was it was elevators. It was elevators and people. <laughs> It was it, their elevators are called people movers for a reason, Austin. Okay, okay. all right, all right, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. some wave, are you speaking in like Wayfair codes? Exactly, baby. <laughs> all right, keep it Wayfair. <laughs> Energy I want people. A Bonnie. <laughs> this dresser's made out of people. I want a Bonnie dresser. <laughs> I'm a model for Wayfair. No, we we sold. El- <laughs> so that's like how do you transition to like do half of Bernie Stevens joke? Like, well, back to Saudi Arabia. Uh, no, but dude, so they had like a, had a there was like a list of a bunch of stuff that's like not allowed at all in Saudi Arabia. But and besides, you know, like alcohol and like any drugs, I feel like there's some. Like over the counter meds. It's like it's not even like a drug. It's like aspirin or something. It's a weird like ibuprofen. It's one of those weird over the counters. And then Christmas trees. No Christmas trees, man. They're literally it's illegal to import a Christmas tree into Saudi Arabia. That's fucked up, dude. I mean, who the fuck is sending a Christmas tree anywhere like overseas? (laughs) I mean, you gotta imagine the one person to do uh, let's spread let's spread Christianity to 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 Saudi Arabia. They just try and import a fucking Christmas tree. Ah, well, those it. poor like handful of expatriate kids that just want to have a normal Christmas over in Afghanistan. Those fucking bastards. Those fucking bastards. Because you know, all, I it's bad, man. <laughs> those poor kids. Those poor kids. And they actually they we actually I know we're leaving Afghanistan, but we specifically left those kids there to train to become the next cultural attaches to Asia. You right now are East Asia. I'm like a little more East Asia. Yeah. A little, a little more further. A little, <laughs> a little more a little more west. A little more west, a little more east. I'm not really yeah, sure where I'm I know. going with this. But I know my geography. Sure. Dude, I still don't know which one's latitude, which one's longitude. Which I realize are not things that I use a lot. Like you ever notice when you're going this way on your longitude? Well, speaking of nautical terms, we were talking about the boat show a minute ago. Oh yeah, I tangents. do want to. I do. I do want to do a submarine show. It's funny. There's actually a, a submarine parked in the wharf that people can go in and like tour and stuff. Oh, for real? Um, yeah, that would be fun to look at. I wonder, like, what the largest room is in there, 
And then also like, it's gotta be so hard. Imagine drunk people just getting lost in the submarine. <laughs> They're just fucking down there. <laughs> They're like in like the, the pressure room where like they just <laughs> open the hatch door. <laughs> dive, dive, dive. <laughs> Fire torpedoes. Yeah. You just start. It's imagine war games with like a bunch of fucking stand-up comedians. Like they oh just my- run underground in Alameda. We have to breach the sea wall. I don't know why Steve Brody Stevens is on this. I feel like we would be guided by the spirit of Steve Honestly, Brody Stevens dude, on this. I love how touched you are by Brody because he I, he comes up with me and my girlfriend at least once a week. We do a Brody joke. She just did it to me. I was making fun of her at dinner. I was making fun of something that she made. And just kind of teasing her a little bit. And she goes, mm-hmm. you don't do that to me. That's and I was beautiful. like, oh, I, I'm in love with you. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love those little those little moments where it's like, okay, you truly care about the, the things that matter to me. She, she gets it. She gets it, man. It's beautiful. He, I remember I found it. He, I think he was just like on a guest on a couple podcasts I was listening to at the time. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, this guy's super funny. And I really loved his cadence. Because, I, I mean, who talks like this? He kind of talked like that a little bit, like even on the podcast. Cause he current, had a radio voice. He re- he truly did. He rep A18 until he died, okay? Crank it! Push it! Yes! I'm wearing prescription frames. Energy. But it, it, and, I, and then I watched like his special, and then I was like, oh, fuck, what movie was he in? I'm recognizing he was in a movie. And then he did a joke Hangover about Hangover 1. Exactly. Hangover 2. Exactly. Cut out of funny people. Exactly. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Judd Apatow. Look what you've done. I know you listen. I know you listen to the show, Judd. So they just uh, did like an anniversary thing for Brody that was really cool. Um, it was hosted by Zach Galifianakis on. Uh, yeah. I, saw, I watched it on YouTube. It was mm-hmm. like a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it was really, really fun. They had some like unaired sets of his and just. You know, classic Brody footage. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was really fun. So if you're on a kick right now, you got to go look that up. Fuck after yeah, this. dude! I will definitely look that up after this. Oh man. But anyway, wacky comedians piling the submarine. Yeah, <laughs> and then drunk people just fucking dinging their foreheads on those short little doors. Oh man, that'd be bad. I I think it would be good though. I think it'd be good to do once, mostly because oh, we sure. probably all die. So that's the only why we did it once. Oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah, but, that would be like the the bomb shelter uh, comedy show, like the end of the world shelter show. That <laughs> we all I mean, meet. We all meet in the submarine. All right, if shit goes down, Spencer, we meet in the submarine. I'm, I'm just down, gonna say man. that now. We meet in the sub. I like this. That is good. We're gonna meet in the sub. We're gonna work on our. We're gonna work on our hour, and we're gonna like make whoever we bring into our sub, you know, real happy. Yep. Oh, we're gonna make them happy. We're gonna, no, seriously, <laughs> if you don't laugh, we will literally throw you, put in, put you in the torpedo tubes, just yeah. shoot you out, and dude, and we will accidentally initiate World War Three because for yeah. some reason we there was projectiles. Yeah, exactly. Because for some reason there was like a Chinese sub like just outside the Bay of San Francisco, and we just we put a heckler in the torpedo tube and shot him out. Like, hey, you're not even funny, and they're just going Slap through a the water on their windshield. Exactly, man. Like I just I I thought I was part of the show, and she's just being right. You just see, and it's just like the the for some reason there's like a a, a windshield wiper. Windshield wiper. <laughs> it's like you pilot by sonar, but you still have like a little 
<laughs> I like a, I like how in this they get shot by a woman and they're immediately like, ew, get her off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, these are sexist, sexist submarine pilots we're dealing with. Okay. It's not fair. I'm an egalitarian. You're an egalitarian, Austin. We don't want to deal with scumbags like those as I'm touching a wall here. Yeah. It's a, it's a safe space. <laughs> I need to feel like I'm safe. Okay. I want to feel grounded. Uh, yeah, right? Point to things in the room, grounding myself. This is an, a technique for anxiety. Crossed arms negative. Now, why didn't you laugh? <laughs> That's always my favorite. A lot of negative energy right here. A lot you know of it. I, I watched last night at Punchline um, in San Francisco. I went and watched John Doerr, who's someone that um, people had recommended to me a lot. And then... I had never really seen. And then the GM at Cobbs was like, yo, we got to go watch. He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good. And he's uh, this Canadian guy. He had kind of like really, really sharp jokes, good writing, but he made it all, all feel very like he played a lot with the room and it kind of reminded me of Brody. It was like a mm -hmm. Canadian Brody that had Norm, Norm McDonald kind of writing mm -hmm. like silly jokes. Yeah. Um, not quite as, kind of off the rails as Brody, but he would kind of like, he would forego any and all material to like pull on a thread, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just fun to watch. What was and the name it, again? It, I want to check him out. John Dore. John Dore. Yeah. I don't know if Canadian Brody is the best descriptor, but at least at this Saturday late show, there were like, you know, 30 people there and he was like just going around the room and kind of like fucking with people. Nice. Nope. It's the, you have to do that now. You have to live with that the rest of your life, Austin. That's your description. That's it. Yeah. Canadian Brody. You're going to be that there. guy. You're going to be that guy who yep. described as Canadian Brody Stevens. I start. I started a joke. It started the whole world laughing. Right. Remember, remember that <laughs> joke that like... <laughs> <laughs> that joke that everyone loved back in like 2023, Canadian Stephen Brody Stevens. Yeah, he that made it in Austin. 2021, but it caught late. It was like a late catcher, but then yeah. it really caught on. Well, the thing was, he like put it on like he put it on some app that like didn't exist yet. He's like a, a comedy genius. This guy, we, we don't even know. Where am I going with this, Spencer? This is why we edit the podcast. <laughs> so, what do you got going on? Any, um, do you got shows coming up? Anything soon? Let's see. What do I got right now? Um, I'm checking my phone because no, uh, well, you just August said, 6th. You just said yeah, your show like, starting back Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. I was like, why am I checking my phone? I only have one show. August 6th. Check it, baby. Have you met uh, Wendy Lewis yet? Yeah, yeah. Dude, she's hilarious. I did a show with she's her. She's hilarious. She, uh, I did a – right, right. that was my last last show before COVID. Oh, nice. I think. one of the, yeah, I was going to say she and uh, Jackie Pearl – are two people that are super supportive out in SAC. And, I love Jackie. Yeah. She's so also, she's such a good, good person. Yeah, really, really is. Um, and they, you know, probably could help with some stage time. And I think uh, Wendy has shows at like three clubs now. She does. Yeah, she's got she's got the last show. She's got the punchline. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she got a lot. Comedy spot too. We've been there. We've oh, seen yeah, each we, other there yeah, a couple times. Spot. Yeah, yeah. I did like do a double take. Like, wait a minute, is that my cousin? Like, yeah. And then I come up and I'm trying to hug you, and you're like, "We're not family yet. Yeah. We're still in the friend zone, Austin." Yeah. I, I definitely did call you peasant. <laughs> I did remember that. I was like, "Get away from me, you greasy peasant!" I, Look I, at that 
Boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> yes. I, I, I made sure everyone knew I was pointing at you, though, when I called someone boy. I was like, don't worry. It's, 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 it's him. It's, don't worry. It's the white guy with the man bun. Don't worry. Stand down. Stand down. People Turn off the camera phones. Put them back in your pocket. That Midtown crowd, they they do not they don't take kindly to nothing nothing distasteful now. It's funny how that, that is creeping into Sacramento because Sacramento used to be like a fun little safe haven of political correctness where you could say what I mean not that you would abuse that power. Some people certainly did. Oh yeah, but it, I would get it as like a true barometer of like where these jokes are at. Like just mm -hmm. are they objectively funny? Mm -hmm. Like regardless of someone putting them through a PC filter. Um, and so now you're saying that that's kind of creepy. I mean, that's, you know, just the world now is changing. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess the world the, now, right? Changing. You know, there's not enough. There's not enough guys talking about cancel culture and comedy. No, but uh, nobody talks about <laughs> pussy no more. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody say the N word anymore? Uh, that's what comedy was. I, I, my, my favorite comedian is Michael Richards. So I thought that's kind of what it was. I don't mean going that far. All right, we already we already have. Uh, I was about to name drop somebody, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to flame them like that. Although you know that kind of behavior does warrant it, but there are already those people that fucking don't give a shit and will say, "I don't yeah. need that." You know, I just mean like you know, I call it like the Beetlejuice effect, where it's like mm. somehow just by saying certain words, it's like you bring it into existence, and now it's in the mm -hmm. room with everybody, mm -hmm. and they have mm -hmm. to confront their opinions on that topic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, they get so lost even in the thread of the joke because they hear that word and then they're like, okay, I have to remember, like, how do I feel about this? Or what Facebook groups do I belong to? And how many of these posts have I like? And am I, mm -hmm. am I an ally? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. of myself as an ally. Yeah. It's like you have to <laughs> now become like a, you know, like a detective. Like, what's this context? I must determine the context. Pause. I'm so sorry. I'm getting no. a phone call real quick. Pause, 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 pause. I'm so sorry about that, dude. We were uh, right in the middle of a good riff there, too. No, no, we're good. No, no, I mean, that sucks Are, because of he has a headliner, not because, oh, you ruined the riff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you hear the conversation? I mean, I could, I could, yeah, roughly. You got the idea. So the flight, you know, it's just, yeah, it's not going to work out. And there was another flight that would get her into Oakland, but it'd be like 300 bucks. And, you know, I'm not going to ask her to do that. Um, yeah. So, fuck, man, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I just might have to hop off in like ten minutes because now I gotta no, no, send no, some messages and get we can, get someone we can start wrapping up now. We'll just um, let's wrap up with this because um, just quickly, comedy on the bay was to me when I first saw you doing that, I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" I was super proud of you and Mariam Musavi. Sorry, Mariam Musavi. I keep Mariam Musavi. You yeah. and other people who um, like made comedy work. Like you, you were able to get stage time to people during a fucking pandemic. There were no comedy clubs open. I mean, you, you literally got you and, and I, uh, Nick Scarpino, Nick scarred penis, uh, Nick he, scarred changed penis. It, he changed it legally to Scarpino for understandable reasons. Okay. Uh, just to be more of a professional guy. And also not to, you know, remind people of the injury and the incident, but okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll make sure to include that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, of course. You know, I, I just, I, it's better that people know so they know. Because he, because he owns know? it. I mean, that's like his act. Yeah. It's like you know, I have yeah. this incident that happened to me, and I decided to change my name because of it. Yeah, and it's a whole thing, but we don't need to get into it. But I will, you know, every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but yeah, dude, that's the, that was the whole idea with this. You know, we've been doing this boat show uh, for a couple months now, um, starting in the middle of a pandemic is trying to do something safe and distance. And we would like limit the seating and capacity and do a bunch of sanitation, sanitization. And, and we did like, you know, everything we could to keep things compliant and safe and still keep people laughing throughout all this. Cause I, again, really do think that's important. Um, and then, uh, you know, we just kind of rebranded it for this weekend where, you know, we had been doing kind of a headliner feature act, just like comedy clubs. But this time we we're like, let's do a, a, sh a full showcase, four different shows, four different lineups, four different headliners, and we'll, we'll make it a festival. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to like, you know, support all the comedians that supported us and gave us stage time. And, you know, like you said, we're trying to keep comedy alive in the middle of all this. And it was really gratifying to be able to pull that off and everybody had a good time. Everybody had great sets and the audience members enjoyed it so much. Um, we had to move it inside because of the weather. Um, yeah. But inside it was pretty fucking rad too. So it, it uh, it's nice to know that we have some options. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that thing sticks around for like, you know, a long time. I want it to be like one of those things when people come to San Francisco, it's like, you got to go see a comedy show on a boat, Yeah. you know, because you're just That's floating fun, by man. the city. It's all lit up. It's, it's beautiful so it's like an experience on top of you know what we hope to deliver is a good show yeah man that's great i i was i was super impressed by that man it took it took a lot of initiative it took a lot of guts to put, put yourself out there you both you and nick that's awesome man i'm proud of you that's great thanks dude i appreciate hell, that spencer hell yeah man. i gotta have you on one dude you gotta come out hell yeah dude i'll i'll, I'll be there one day i know i will i know it nepotism baby that's how you make it in the business dude and as long as it's all Brody material, you can do 20 minutes, okay? Energy people, the waves are too <laughs> high. I'm getting seasick. Where's my Dramamine? And it might just be me cackling in the back, but I hope that's good. Oh, right? I'm going to bomb, but it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm just performing for you, Austin. I'm like, this show's for one man. I'm channeling a dead man. <laughs> most of you in the audience have no idea who this man is but the comics do and they think i'm doing a bad job of it <laughs> some ladies are like is he ed mcmahon i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> yes man <Why? laughs> uh, this is beautiful austin well, thank you for saying that dude and thank hell, you for having fuck, me on fuck yeah man austin, you're welcome back anytime you're hilarious your family you're good you're my friend you're you're fucking tits man Thanks, baby. I'll, I'll even shake them around for you just because you said it. All right. Thank you. And that might just be for the Patreon. I don't know if that content gets out there, but I love you, dude. Thank you. Thank you for having me on always. Of course, man, dude. You're welcome back anytime. I love you. Fucking tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Austin Car Comedy on social media. And uh, my website is austincar.live. And uh, check out comedyonthebay.com. Fuck yeah, man. Comedyonthebay.com. Check it out. Spencer learns to enunciate while speaking. <laughs> it's We're learning together, people. Bye-bye. Uh, See you later, guys.